Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate, Mate Reckons, Reckons, the show where we teach you... And each other... About whatever we want to talk about. About whatever things we would like to know more about. This week, in fact, particularly, I explode at one point into... A, a, a pleasure-filled firework. Rant. <laughs> so, I swear a bit, and we always swear, so if, yep. you, if you're sensitive about that, fuck off. Then fuck right off, because this is not the podcast for you. We also talk about sex. But we do that every week, so you won't be surprised. This is a standard warning for you. I think there's nothing else tricky. No. No, there's nothing else that's tricky apart from the magic of friendship. Jesus. <laughs> Hey there, Claire Bear. Hello, David. How are you? I am great. You've asked me about a very particular topic this week. I did. Week. I thought it'd be great if you did a bit of a book review for me, actually. Yeah, okay. Because I've heard of this book that's coming out. It's coming out today, actually. Or it came out yesterday. What a dink. I know. And it's called It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake. By... By Claire Christian. Yeah, right. And I was like, I'm never going to read that. Yeah. But it'd be great because I'm on this podcast if my mate told me about it. I think it's an exquisite act of manipulation <laughs> in forcing me to read your fucking book. I thought you'd like that. Uh, great. So, would you like me to tell you about the book, the author? Where would you like me to Anything. start? Just tell me about your research. Okay. Well, the book is It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake by Claire Christian. Claire Christian has written one novel before. It's a yep. young adult novel called Beautiful Mess. Okay. It won an award. It was very well respected. And it was good. It was very good. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Then uh, Claire's written a comedy, a romantic comedy. Yes. I think you would describe it I, as. Would I be fair. think you would very. I okay. think that right. feels like correct. I'm teaching you here, mate. Yeah, Slow okay. down. All right. Don't... That's just like the vibe I get yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cover is very pink. The cover is very pink. The basic premise is that we meet Noni Blake, who is mm-hmm. protagonist, who is a teacher at a school, and uh-huh. she is just out of a long term relationship. Okay. Happens to be with a woman. Yeah. I think it would be fair to say that Noni just um, identifies as bisexual. Yeah. And um, and she's having a bit of a crisis, a bit of a moment through the novel. We learn that she's not entirely satisfied with most aspects of her life. Uh-huh. And so makes a one night with her best mate. She ends up making a list of people who she at some point in her life had the opportunity to have sex with. Or a good flirtation, something sure. building. And, and she didn't. didn't. She didn't. Do you have a list of people you could have shagged, David? I'd not written down, <laughs> but reading this novel made me think of such a list. And it takes a kind of vote of self-confidence to go, I think there was energy there. Yes. That didn't, to be, you know. Yeah, true. To be like, that wasn't just completely one-sided. Yeah. Yeah, to go, that was a thing. But I've also been with my wife for a long time time now and before I met my wife I was so <laughs> uptight and scared yes that and, and I naive. knew you before you <laughs> met your wife <laughs> correct lucky I'm totally <laughs> loose and fearless now that I was like I didn't know how to read such messages I didn't know I didn't know anyway yes. um and so she embarks eventually on this pleasure quest that yep. she calls it and travels around the world uh-huh on a bonk fest, pretty much, <laughs> and has a grand old time. And during that trip, I think it's fair to say, is met with a series of surprises. It's fun, it's uh-huh. sexy, it's romantic, 
it's funny. I gotta say, it's very funny. That's good. And I think it's a fantastic booklet. Hey. I genuinely, genuinely do. <laughs> Before we turned on the mic, we were talking about it for like an hour and a half. So <laughs> it's a great book. It's a great book that everybody should read. Would you like me to tell you about the author? Yes, please. Clay Christian was first manifested in the universe <laughs> as an idea born on a moonbeam. And she floated down as a speck and she eventually came to form into fruition. Wow. Uh, on the crest of a wave that came into the Gold Coast somewhere in the mid to early and 80s. And her mother found her. And her mother found her, this beautiful <laughs> being, and kind of lifted her up and she... and. And the, her mother was going, what is this? Is this a light beam? Is it a mirror ball? Is it a fairy? Is it a... And slowly through time, she took on human form. This woman sounds amazing. She is amazing. And then she, like, <laughs> she went through and then turned into a kind of beachy bogan at the Gold Coast <laughs> and had a fairly unremarkable life until she met one day um, a really hot guy <gasps> called David Burton. Yes. And then everything changed. <laughs> and everything changed for this guy who was just like, hey, mate, here we are. Come write some plays. That's right. And um, and then she went on from there and, and has done, written many, many plays, some with David Burton, some yeah. not, uh, has done a podcast or two yeah. with him and has done a bunch of other stuff as well, a lot of really rich community theatre outcomes. But this is the start, Noni Blake is the start, of a few books to come, kind of yeah. in this romantic comedy vein, which is very I think exciting. There's two more that she's going to write Ooh. on this contract, <laughs> which is very exciting. Do you remember when we first met? Yes. Like, do you remember what was your like thought? What were your thoughts? Were you like? I remember thinking this chick's from outer space. <laughs> Not like that. I remember being intimidated because um, <laughs> I was. Gosh, how old was I? I was just out of uni. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just out of uni in the midst of, you know, my ongoing existential and identity crises, which never <laughs> stop. And in comes Claire, uh, and Claire's a teacher. At that point, you were a yeah, teacher at that point. I was teaching. And you were, um, and you looked I mean to my unknown like you just looked like this you were older and looked like you were more accomplished than a professional and were covered in cool tattoos and I was like oh holy shit who's this person and then we read this play that I wasn't expecting to be this kind of beautiful funny tender really really tender it remains one of my favorite plays I've ever oh. read and it's completely unproduced which is fucked because Australian <laughs> theater is fucked <laughs> Fuck you, Australian theatre, you motherfucking cunts. Get your shit together. Um, and, um, and, uh, and yeah, and then I was like, oh, and it was funny and interesting. And I'd written this, like, weird, expansive, like, surreal thing that had no... And, the, and you wrote this character and wrote it really well and, like, this beautiful... And I was like, wow. And then we just got on. Yeah, from that day. I remember... I, yeah, you, I think maybe you must have, that exercise was, we had to say a little bit about ourselves. And so you had talked about 
going to uni and you'd already made indie theatre and you'd already done a fuckload of things. So I was deeply intimidated of you. Right, correct. <laughs> because you'd done so much and you were so much younger than me um, that I was overwhelmed by that. And then we read your play and I just got it. Like I, lo- I loved it. And I remember Saffron, who was our dramaturg, who was there on that day, she said something like, I just don't get it. I don't think I'm the audience for oh, this. Oh, I remember. <laughs> she said, I don't fucking understand what's going on. That was her first line of feedback to me as a professional dramaturg. I remember that moment. And I said, I do. And I remember that moment. And I love this. <laughs> I am the audience for this. Um, and, yeah, from that moment, we just, like, it was very clear that we were meant to be friends. My idea now from this, because I think people should go and read the book, but I'd like to talk about, there's another list that Noni makes during the book at about halfway through. Yes. That is about what pleasure looks like to me. Yeah, and that's not a spoiler. That's that's what... Can we read this list and reflect on, because I want to see how many of these things you do, (laughs) because I don't do... Well, I do. It's the first on the dance floor. Oh, no. But this list came was inspired by when I was first decided I wanted to write about pleasure. Mm. I did a survey, mm. like an anonymous survey, and got um, women to respond. And it was like questions like, what brings you pleasure? If, if, if you had, had all the confidence in the world, what would you do? Or if money wasn't a concern or time? Or even just like, what does pleasure look like in your life? And even if you know you're not doing it. And so all the things on this list were inspired by the real things that people had written. That's amazing. Yeah. The first on the dance floor, that's a bold person. That is a bold person. I respect that person. But they're also, because it is such an awkward thing to do, they're often very performative and slightly drunk. Yes. So there's an air of obnoxiousness there about them. There is an air of obnoxiousness. That is kind of repellent. But occasionally you get a beautiful person. Who just is feeling the music in their body. The best thing is when a kid does it. Yes. And when a kid who's just doing it who's because they genuinely like, love it. I just love this song. Yeah. Is like opens the door for everyone to, that's the best thing. Yes. I think, yeah. Because kids the... know how to feel pleasure. Yes. And kids aren't repressed no. by. And... Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And kids are also in their bodies. Yes. And like, because then none of that bullshit has been like thrown on them yet. That they're just present in their yep. bodies and they do what feels yeah, good. Wears things she wants to wear, not because they suit her shape. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I do that. I am frightened and bewildered by fashion. So <laughs> <laughs> I find the t shirt that fits and I go with it. Yeah, but you've gotten better as you've gotten older. Yeah, it's true. I'm. I look. I will look better. Like by the time co- I'm, you know what you like now. I by think. the time I'm sixty, I'll look great. Yeah, <laughs> you'll have worked it out, and you will be fearless by sixty. That you'll 60, be like, I don't fucking fearless. care. Yeah, I'm gonna right. wear this spicy fedora, that's and right. I'm gonna be spicy. the first on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> you wait like your fashion is an inspiration as it is your instagram is filled with yeah, your looks my and your clothes are part of deeply part of my but identity. that's something you've always gotten always had that yeah 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 just a deep interest in clothes and how they can communicate how i'm feeling it's, it's something my older the old, eldest daughter gets now my, mm. mo- my mother my wife and i were talking about it just the other day it's like that has come from nowhere that yeah, is just I love her that. it's like an armor to me or not even an armor it's just like 
a representation yeah, of it's where just you're at. Expression. So you can tell how I'm feeling based on what I'm wearing. I think and mood. And your hair is like that too. My hair is absolutely a part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Makes the first move. No, better at it now, as I've gotten older. Yeah, me too. But I'm terrible at it oh, when absolutely. I was young. Like no way, yeah, no yeah, fucking yeah, way yeah, would yeah. I make, have made the first move. What is a good first move? I don't even know. <laughs> like educate me. I think I think it's being the one that's going to be like I'm picking up on the tension here. So verbal to say. It. I think so. I think yeah. that's a good first. Well, that's move. you and me. Like, yeah, you I'm going to use my words. <laughs> you, and, you and I have a conference <laughs> before, but the audacity of some people, the entitlement of some people, just going for a kiss, to go in for a kiss, or not even that, to be like a hand on a upper thigh. Oh, like a this is a sexy. This is a touch. just that line on your leg. Yeah, where it's like, like I still get a bit panicky thinking <laughs> about it, but I think I could do it now. Yeah. More than in the past. In the past, I'd be like, no, I'm, I have to wait. Because I, there was a level of insecurity in my own sure. being, and particularly sure. in my own, like, sexual power as a human being that sure. was, like, deeply doubtful that anyone fancied me ever. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, oh, no. You are... I'm totally fanciable. You are deeply fanciable. <laughs> it's interesting in a long-term relationship as well because you develop a shorthand for... Yes. Making moves. Is this happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a lazy, exhausted parent yeah. way that gets very... But it's still nice. Wears bright lipstick just because. Yeah, I do that. You do that. <laughs> I do that all the time. I would do. I feel like my nails are going to be more of a thing as my daughters oh, get older. It's already will. It's already they started will, that it's going to sure be finger painting. they will. Did... But that's the thing that I was like, these are small, actionable... Oh, they're totally things you can do. Exactly, and that's what surprised to be me pleasurable. About, like, about what this list was for, for the women who replied, was they were like actionable things that women still weren't doing. Yeah. So it was like, I would wear lipstick just because, not because I was going out, or yeah. it was a special occasion. I yeah. just wear it because I like wearing lipstick. It's like, oh, yeah. Why do we, why is this idea of like guilty pleasure? Yeah. I hate that. Yes. Oh, oh. Ernie hates er- that Ernie too. Ernie hates guilty pleasure. <laughs> hates it. Um, it's, well, one of my goddess uh, spirit guides, uh, Nigella Lawson, oh. is a great, uh, has a fantastic kind of reams of conversation and dialogue around pleasure and guilty pleasure and tied to food and of course there is no such thing as guilty pleasure or there shouldn't be as long as you're not hurting anyone yes then what exactly is wrong with pleasure yeah yeah and that's like the whole premise of the book really is about that conversation and having that conversation particularly for Particularly for women. For women, um, but it's not gendered. I don't think. No. I don't think enough people lean into what their, in what makes them happy, or they believe that that they have to be deserving, or that their that their happy yeah. thing can only happen on special occasions. Or and, yeah, and that self sacrifice is noble. Yes, and that being busy is noble. It's that that's that yeah. mentality that we're in of like. Uh, I'm sacrificing my time. Mothers, especially the way we treat oh, mothers yeah, and yeah, motherhood, yeah, yeah. Totally. or parents, totally. But uh, mothers, especially, yeah. mothers have a whole different pressure than dads. And I think our changing—that's a whole other. I'm. I'll write a book one day about how our, how different perceptions of fatherhood can yes. absolutely change the world. Yes, is is key to everything. But what the pressures we put on 
mothers and the internalised... Around selflessness. Uh, yes, is enormous. And martyrdom. And that that's the best way to live your Absolutely, life. Absolutely, of like this idea of being a... A perfect mum is being selfless and doing everything for everyone and making sure everyone else is happy. Which is insane. It's such a fucked philosophy. Insane. Because for me, I go, you, uh, this idea of like, you cannot be what you cannot see. And one of the first people that you are looking at, at your model for ways of being in the world is your parents. Yep. And so if you are looking at an example of an unhappy, overworked person who who isn't seeking their joy, who isn't doing the things that they love, who isn't working or living in a way that, like, makes them happy, then how, how can your children do that? Like, that's what I, and I'm not a parent, so it's easy for me to fucking say that, but that's what I believe. Oh, absolutely. But it's the same even if you're not, like, I know there's countless people in my life, me included, who run on a, program and a prescription of um selflessness 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 and self-sacrifice 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 and a desperate need and and the shift that happens through work on yourself Mm. which i've got to say as well in the book it's not i mean it is a fun romantic comedy but underneath that is a character actually attempting to grapple with all of this stuff and do the work to get there. Yeah. Because it is work to to start to realise that you're not actually afraid of what other people think. Yeah. Because once you meet that wall, it's like it's actually that what those other people think amplify or put a voice to your, your fear. To your fear that yeah. is already within you. Or the yeah, the the story that is on a loop in your own mind about why you're not good enough. Because people being shitty is people being shitty. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't ultimately uh, affect you unless it's something that's already in your head. Yeah, unless it's triggering you. Yeah, that's huge. Once you make that realization, it kind of opens up a little a, a whole lot of stuff for you. The idea that the actually the only opinion that matters is your own. Yes, is the best and most grandest revelation. It's enormous. Of them all. Because the people who genuinely love you want you to be happy, yes. I think. And the only person really who knows and can make you happy is yourself. Like, That's exactly right. And then your relationships flourish yes. when you are happy, which is what the, the... And sometimes relationships flourishing means that there's certain people that aren't going to be a part of that. And there's a grieving with that. I've had that experience. Yeah. It's like through different seasons of your life, relationships change. Does uh, cool shit with her hair without worrying about it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I wrote that moment in where Noni has uh, Noni has a moment with her hair. Yes. Because I think that's a thing that a lot of people feel scared about, and it's certainly a lot of feedback that I get about my hair. It's like, you're so brave, oh, my God. Yes. That the expression that I find in doing my hair however I feel every six weeks Um People, fi- people feel like that's such an overwhelming thing. Hair is so intimate. It's so intimate. So the action of Noni deciding to do something dramatic with her hair, which she does in the book, as one of the first powerful symbols... Is enormous. Is enormous. And that's why I wanted to put that in there. I've worked on a project with the alopecia community. Yes. So that's been deeply fascinating. But also as a man on the other end of the spectrum... Losing my hair slowly mm. over time. It's like, or well, not even that slowly now, but it's like, I don't 
care. Yeah. I ultimately don't care, but it does change you. It does. Absolutely. It does. It's a weird mixture of like fear, but I can't articulate. Yeah. What and discomfort, but also like. Is it about agency? Like you haven't been able to choose? Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. And mainly I don't want to look like my dad. Sure. Because I don't want to become my dad because yeah. that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, says what she thinks. Yeah. I think I do that sometimes. I... Yeah. Uh, you do. You do. You do it in a very measured, articulate <laughs> way. But you're very good at saying what you think. I don't know if that's pleasurable. Saying what you think? Is it pleasurable? It is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> having the freedom and having the comfort to be like, this is what I think. Yeah, I think it's about the... The power, the, the empowerment. The empowerment of going, I'm I'm happy to withstand whatever ha- comes from this, this. Because I believe in myself and what I believe in. This is a long list and we're running out of time. So like, where's sexy lingerie even when no one is going to see it? I'm doing that right now. <laughs> Takes credit for her work. I take credit for your work all the time. <laughs> Sticks up for herself in meetings and in conversations on the street in her relationships. Yeah, tricky. Yeah. Tells people to get fucked. Yeah. And who doesn't spend hours now is feeling nauseous or anxious or running things over and over again in a guilt-filled spot. I do think there's certain times in my life that we've all faced where that's such a hard line. It's like sometimes you've got to go, you're... Sometimes you need to be assertive. Yes. I've had it recently in a relationship where it's like the appropriate thing and outside of parenting where it's like the appropriate thing now is that I really need to tell you that you've made a mistake. Yes. I found that so difficult. It is difficult, David, because it's about vulnerability and we don't, we're not good at being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying this from a position of being like, I do it all the time. I'm very good. I'm not very good at it at all, but it's the hope, I think, to be able, and that's about like backing your shit. Yes. And valuing that how you feel and, and backing your boundaries. If yes. someone crosses your boundaries, how are they to know that they've done that unless you tell them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise they're just going to do it again. That's right. And so the way you feel about things, yeah, you need to be able to advocate for yourself. And weirdly, that makes you a more compassionate person. Yeah. There was an interview with Brene Brown. I think it was the one she did with Russell Brand, of all people. And she said the most common trait she found... of amongst people who are, like, the most compassionate, the most, like, helpful, like, the most... The people the people who others in their community go, they are... Is that they have boundaries mm. of fucking steel. They yes. look after themselves first, and that means they have enough because to Because I think we have this weird connotation around, like... It comes back to being selfless and selfish. Yes. And that speaking about yourself is selfish. Yes. But it's like... All you know for sure, like the actual only thing you know for sure, David, is how you feel and think about things. Yes. Like that's it. That's You have that inner built system that tells you that this is how you think and yes. feel about things. I can guess, I can read your body yeah, language yeah. or we can be friends or we can have a 12-year relationship so I know you yeah, well, yeah. but like it's up to you to communicate that yeah. to me. And that doesn't mean like I don't think selfishness is being an asshole. You don't say... No. Fuck you, you crossed my fucking boundary. Yeah, yeah. It's like the articulation of that is is that's how we get better at relationships. Yeah. That's how our relationships gets deeper and more intimate. Like, evolve. Yeah, that's how it evolves. 
I love that. I find humans fascinating. Well, you've written a great bunch of them, and it's been a pleasure, Noni Blake. I heartily recommend people go and find a copy. I think I'm going to read it. You think so? (laughs) Yeah. I'd I'd suggest it. Yeah, I reckon. I think you'd get along with the author. (laughs) I think we would. Um, uh, Everybody should go buy it. Everybody should go read it. Uh, It's great. And I say that as someone who I don't think it's outlandish for me to say, this book is not written for me. (laughs) No. But it's... um, You are not its target audience. I still genuinely enjoyed it. There was a precipice that dropped off where it's like, I'm not just reading this now because... She's my friend. She's she my friend. Me. Like, I actually want... <laughs> she made me through the trappings of this podcast. Like, I actually do I want to know it. what happens, happens to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes me happy. You're invested in her. Love you, mate. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. Love Th- you. Thanks for being my mate, Claire. Thanks for being my mate, Dave. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this Please on, do. that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your you friends tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show i see what you did there where can people find you claire? people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.